This is Curtis. This is Brian. And we're the Game Night Guys. Each week we give new life to some classic games and introduce you to new ones. But you'll have to wait your turn. And this week's game is Cribbage. Oh, finally. A a civilized game of Cribbage. Yes, I think a lot of people have been asking for this one. I I think so, too. We've gotten a few people on Facebook and the tweeters and all those things. Yeah, and we have a a guest with us today, too. We do. We're going to talk to somebody who knows all about Cribbage. Game Night Guys, this is Blue underscore Hitchhiker from the iTunes, and I just wanted to uh, call and thank you for the shout-out on the Bananagrams episode. I'm just resolved the mystery of whether I'm a, I'm a guy or a lady. Thanks. Have a good night. Well, why didn't he tell us? I know. It's still a mystery. No, thank you for that uh, for that review or that voicemail. It's why did you tell us your name? Yeah, you know, we're, we're still Blue underscore Hitchhiker. What's, what, why are you so secretive? Maybe his name is Blue underscore Hitchhiker. Wow. That would be interesting. Do you, have to, say, <laughs> do you have to say underscore? I mean, he did when he called. Maybe underscore is his middle name? <laughs> Blue underscore Hitchhiker. You get your butt in here right now. You're in trouble. <laughs> no, thank you for. Yes, uh, thank you for that. For clarifying that mystery. Mystery solved. <laughs> um, Blue Hitchhiker left an iTunes review for us. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would like to leave us a voicemail and we will mock your gender. Please. <laughs> <laughs> you can call 480-648-GAME. That's 480-648-4263. Very good. So last week when we were playing Bananagrams, uh, you had told a story about your Fitbit. And the thing that recurred to me when I was editing the show was... We didn't explain what a Fitbit was. Did someone ask what it was? Or? No, but I think we, we assume that everybody understands what this is. And all the people that matter, all the cool <laughs> people should already know they should be Fitbit in it. What is a Fitbit, Curtis? It's a kind of a high-tech pedometer, gadgety type thing that you wear. It's, it's a pedometer. It tracks the calories that you burn. It tracks the distance that you've walked in a day. It tracks uh, floors that you've climbed. It tracks your sleep. Mm-hmm. It's sentient. It can read your thoughts. <laughs> no. Oh, wait, that's like Terminator. <laughs> it's a high-tech pedometer. It's pretty cool. And you can sync up with their website, and it shows mm-hmm. you all these graphs and charts and everything. So last week you broke yours. I did. And what has the, been the outcome since then? Well, I heard back from their customer service, I think on Monday, and then um, they just asked me to answer a few questions and send some pictures in. And then the next day, they told me they were going to send me a new one. And they did. That's good. That's good customer service. It is. I had it by Thursday night. So, I like, five or six-day turnaround time on that. It and is it encouraging you to walk more? It is. I went for a walk yesterday. I hit over 10,000 steps yesterday. Hmm. Good for you. And I ate cake. <laughs> <laughs> I This week was the first time... Um, I can't remember if it was Thursday or Friday. I don't remember when. Um, I forgotten to put it on and left it at home all day. Mm-hmm. And you felt kind of naked without it. I, 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 it was kind of one of those things where I was like, "Oh crap! All these steps are going unrecorded. <laughs> all these steps for nothing. All these floors that I'm climbing. Oh, yeah." But you know what's weird about it? So one day it said I climbed ten floors. I didn't climb a single floor. I never got near stairs. 
Isn't that weird? You must have gone up in elevation somewhere then. I that or I wonder if I was doing like some high stepping, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> some rock. Were some, you river dancing, Brian? It, I, it was yesterday on St. Patrick's. You were Day, Lord yes, of the Dance. I, I was doing some traditional clogging dances wow. on St. Patrick's Day. Good for you. Let your freak flag fly. <laughs> so I've never played cribbage. Have you? I haven't. Um, the only place I've heard of cribbage is my grandmother used to play it all the time. And I may have attempted to learn to play from her as a kid, but I don't think I ever did. I think I was distracted by television. I don't think this game was very popular where I grew up. Like, I don't know if it's like more of a Midwestern, like Northern kind of game, but in near the South, it, I, I don't remember yeah. anyone ever having a cribbage board, let alone playing it so we're kind of at a disadvantage here you know with this game and knowledge of it yeah i'd I'd seen the board like at my grandparents house as a kid and i think i knew it was what it was called but i never played it but yeah yeah i'm familiar with it but i think we're going to have to call in some experts yeah we probably should get some help on this we are what we're going to do is we're going to talk to jordan wickland who has a blog called Cribbage Land, cribbageland.com. .com. It's all about cribbage and everything. And he is working on a book entitled Cribbage Land, The People, Craft, and Culture of a Curious Game. So let's talk to him right now, shall we? Let's call him up. Please welcome to Game Night, guys, Jordan Wickland. Happy to be here. Hey, Jordan. Hey. So you, when did you start Cribbage Land, your blog? I started the blog about a year ago. Um, in January of 2011, I believe. Uh, the book was something that I wanted to do, and I kind of needed something to provide an impetus, not only to attract people, but to keep me going. Um, as a full-time editor downtown Minneapolis and a full-time grad student, and then trying to full-time write this book, that's, that's three pretty big balls to juggle. So the blog helps keep me accountable, but also lets me share some of the pretty wonderful people I've met and the experiences we've had and uh, and certainly in, in this day and age uh, a lot of authors are expected to have their own website and have their own content and uh, build their readership so I've tried to link Twitter, Facebook and the blog in an effective manner kind of pretty similar to what you guys have done um, and then just try to reach out and uh, you know form relationships and see uh, what kind of conversation we can have about privilege. So, Jordan, what got you interested in cribbage? I mean, how did this all start? It started as me actually not knowing if I wanted to pursue fiction in grad school. I think a lot of young writers, you know, fiction is the way you go. You read novels, you've read Hemingway, you've read, you know, your your favorite American writer. And you go in there, sunny-eyed and bushy-tailed, and you go, I'm going to write. And I looked at my bookshelf after a year of grad school, and I looked at what I like to read, and most of it was nonfiction, and it was goofy nonfiction. It was stunt nonfiction. You know, it was George Clinton playing football. It was uh, Stephen Fastest uh, joining the Scrabble community and writing, you know, 400 pages about Scrabble. So I kind of realized I this is something, this is the kind of book I read. This is the kind of book I, I hope I have the ability to write. And I made a list one night of subjects that interested me, subjects that would be able to sustain me over a few years because I knew it would be a long-term project. And frankly, something weird and goofy enough, but not too weird that I'd be able to find people to talk to me. And Cribbage filled all those really wonderfully. And it was, you know, it's a game. It's a it's a really easy social lubricant to get people to chat. Uh, I'm lucky that I'm writing about a subject that people don't really mind talking about. So it's just been really, really fun. You know, it's nice to uh, have a subject that 
allows me to get into many different worlds I'd, I'd never be able to get into. And when did you first learn how to play cribbage? Like, is it something that you did as a child or later on in life? I learned as I think a lot of people learn any game that their parents enjoy. I, you know, kind of at the feet of my mom and dad and just growing up with my brother, we, we'd play it when we could. I mean, we were a super busy family. Both parents worked. Jared and I were, you know, involved in school and sports. And it was something that we could enjoy at home and enjoy at the cabin, you know, take with us on trips. But it wasn't ever, it wasn't this revered thing, you know, like, oh my God, let's play privilege every night. But it, I think it's pretty common that a lot of people have this game as kind of the family recreation, you know. Uh, families don't sit down and play poker. You know, they, they play cribbage or they play Scrabble or they play something a little bit more accessible. You know, it's, it's a competitive game, but it's not really antagonistic. Um, and it's simple. You're not, it, it's a very honest game. Everyone knows the stakes. It's a lot like chess. I mean, everybody knows what's going on from the beginning. It's not Monopoly. It's not the Scrabble. You're not manifesting the differences and the nuances as you are in many board games. And let's talk about the cribbage boards a second. There are lots of different styles and looks to them. Like, what are some interesting cribbage boards that you've seen? Well, the best ones are certainly the ones you're not going to find at Target. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or Walmart. You can go to any hardware store or retailer and you can buy your, your, you know, two-track, three-track cribbage boards. You know, you can buy the one that's shaped like 29, uh, which is the biggest hand you can get in cribbage. You can get any number of pretty common boards that are all stamped uh, made in China, you know, with the plastic tab and six or eight colored plastic tags. But, uh, the best boards are certainly the homemade ones. Um, certainly the one that comes to mind, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw the blog, but you can find photos of this on there and Flickr, is uh, the world's largest cribbage board was drilled through ice. <laughs> it wasn't hewn, you know, from wood. It was uh, mapped out on Medicine Lake, which is just west of Minneapolis, by a guy named Mike Hag. Mike was part of a annual art ball called the Art Shanty Project, where you know people build houses that look like fishing houses, but they're they're interactive art features intended to get the public out and have some fun in the winter. And he was participating in this, and he said, "Well, you know, if you can drill if you can drill holes in the ice, you can make a cribbage board." So they drilled 240 some holes around a three-quarter miles or so. Each hole was 10 feet apart. You know, they used a five-foot auger. Each peg was 17 pounds. This is a five-foot cedar pole. And they played this, you know, and, and that is probably the best board I've seen because it's so unique. I mean, you can't you can't recreate it because the board melted, you know? <laughs> so we've never played cribbage, Curtis and I. Today will be our first time. <laughs> Do you have any, like, tips to give us? Tips? No, I mean, it's, I mean once you understand the rules. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward game. I mean, there's there's no bluffing. I mean, the only the only chance involved is the, is the cut, the, the common card that you're both going to use every hand. And over time, what you know, I, I think it's pretty easy to say, oh, it's, you know, it's a game of luck. You know, you dealt your hand and you, you know, whatever cut, you know, that kind of determines whether you're going to win or lose. And to an extent, that, that's true, but you there are, there are strategies. I mean, books have been written on board position. You know, it's 121 points to win. If somebody's got 94 points and you've got 89, I mean, there's a strategy there. So the far as tips for your first time playing, um, shit, man, just enjoy it. Uh, the the language of the game is pretty unique. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be called if a jack is cut, that's called two for his heels. Um, if you have a jack in your hand, the suit that matches the cut card, that's called knob. 
which is really fun to say. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to give it our best go, that's for sure. Yeah, enjoy it. I mean, it, it, you, once you learn the rules, you can play a game in 15 minutes. When do you think that your book's going to be finished and out there? No idea. No uh, idea. <laughs> I've got a fantastic literary agent, but, you know, it's on me to write it. Uh, I'm pretty busy. It, it'd be great to not need a day job and do it full time, <laughs> but I need a day job. Yep. <laughs> and that, that cuts into it. Uh, there are certainly people I want to get in touch with who, uh, you know, I, I haven't been able to yet. I want to interview. I want to get some big names on in the book. I'd like to go to England. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to spend a week there playing in a pub. I mean, it's, it's the only game that can legally be gambled in English pubs. Huh. You know, the game is 400 years old. It was, made, it was created over there and made popular. And, you know, it, it endures. I mean, that, that's kind of the main question I think I'm pursuing is why does the game endure? It sounds like with 400 years worth of cribbage to explore that you'd have a lot of different options out there for you to explore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are crazy stories. The guy who uh, operated on John Wilkes Booth after he assassinated Lincoln carved cribbage boards when he was incarcerated in Florida. You know, his name was Dr. Samuel Mudd. He was the only conspirator not executed. And for three generations, his kids wrote these self-published books explaining his innocence. And, um, you know, whether he's innocent or not, I, I, I frankly don't care. But I love the fact that he carved these boards and he would send them to his wife along with entreaties to the U.S. government to free him. Well, that's cool. If you're looking for a topic for your next book, we played a game a long time ago you might be interested in. It's called Hello Kitty Big Roll Bingo. <laughs> I'm sure there's an equally rich history for that as well, and it's a lot of fun. I certainly hope so. Hello Kitty Big Roll Bingo, huh? Don't, don't let the name fool you. It's it's a pretty tense game. All righty. I'll check it out. <laughs> well, Jordan, we want to thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us about cribbage. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm uh, looking forward to hearing about your experience, and uh, I'll chat with you again. Cool. All right, thanks, Jordan. All right, so we're going to play Cribbage. So what do we need to play Cribbage? Well, we need a standard deck of 52 cards, and we're going to remove the Jokers. Those Jokers always get the shaft. <laughs> and, then, play. Yeah. and then we need a Cribbage board, and we have one here. It is um, very old. Uh, Mike from what someone called com gave me this board. Didn't he also used to be on a podcast called Game Night Guys? He did. Oh. Our old friend Mike. Mike. I've, I've noticed every time we mention Mike on the show, I go, Mike. <laughs> Why do you do that? I don't know. I just did it again, though. It's, it's Mike. The pegs of the game are kind of unusual. They're they're made out of wood, <laughs> and they're, they're, uh, they're fading in color. And this one is kind of stumpy. Like, part of it's pegged fell off. Well, well, size matters to you, so I suppose. So, these are your pegs. <laughs> I get the stumpy one. You get the stumpy one. Why am I not mine. surprised? I'll be the green one, and you can be the... But green's my favorite color. I don't care. Oh. And it's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Well-ish. <laughs> I guess we're beyond that. I'm green. You're yellow. Fine, whatever. It's your house. We'll play by your rules, I suppose. So, first, we're going to determine who deals um, by picking up the deck and shuffling them, and then uh, pulling. each player will pull out a card. And the p person with the lowest card is the dealer. The dealer deals six cards to each player. Then each player looks at their six cards and decides which four they want to keep in their hand and which two to discard into a pile near the dealer called the crib. MTV Cribs? No, just <laughs> a crib. <laughs> Once the crib is established, the non-dealer cuts the deck and the dealer turns up the top card from the lower portion of the deck. This is the turnip card, not turnips like the vegetable. Is there a rutabaga <laughs> card? <laughs> but the turn 
hyphen I up understand card. where you're going with this. Or turn underscore up. It's a hyphen, card. but good try. <laughs> Which is used by both players as a fifth card in their hand. The goal in cribbage is to be the first player to score 121 points. Players earn points for scoring the following combinations. You score two points for any card combination that adds up to 15 points. Points are also given for pairs. Two cards of the same rank will earn two points. For example, if player one lays down a six and player two immediately follows with another six, that would earn him two points. If player one then lays down a third six, they earn six points. For the fourth six, that would be worth 12 points. If player two is not able to lay down any other card without exceeding 31 and player one has the fourth six, he can lay it down and earn the 12 points. That's a lot of points. Yeah, there's a lot of scoring that goes on in this game. You constantly have to pay attention to potential points that you can earn. Sequences also score points. They may be consecutive cards, but not necessarily in order. So you don't have to play them in order like ace, two, three, four. Right. As long as they all are there, you get them. For example, first player plays a four, second player plays a six. If the first player now plays a five, he would score three points for completing a run of three. A flush, which is all four cards of the same suit, is worth four points. Flushes are earned only for cards held in your own hand. Flushes may not be earned during the matching phase, and four-card flushes in the crib do not earn any points. However, if crib cards are of the same suit, and if the turn-up card, not the rutabaga card, matches the suit, then the crib owner earns five points for a crib flush. Now, these next two point things are called something a little weird. (laughs) First one is his knobs. What about his knobs? (laughs) This bonus is worth a point, and it's earned by any player who holds a jack of the same suit as the turn-up card. So say you turn up a five of hearts. If you have a jack of hearts in your hand, you get a point for having having a matching suit with a jack. Right. The other one's called his heels. It's also worth a point, and this is earned when the dealer, when he happens to turn up a jack. The player pegs one go point when his opponent cannot play a card without taking the total over 31 points, or two go points for himself when he scores exactly 31 points and forces his opponent to begin play back at zero. And the player who throws the last card in the matching phase earns one point, which is called as last point. Yeah, we're going to explain a little bit more about the different phases of this game now. Each hand of cribbage is divided into two phases, the matching phase and the showing phase. Once the crib is established and the turn-up card is settled, the game starts with the non-dealer leading a single card from his hand face up and announcing the card's rank out loud. Players then alternate throwing cards face up on the table in an attempt to earn points by combining their cards plus their opponents into pairs, runs, 15s, and go points. Also, if no pairs, runs, or 15s are scored, then the player who cannot play a card without going over 31 points sacrifices a go point to his opponent. The player who throws the last card in the matching phase scores a point, like we said before. All right. Next is the showing phase. Once each player has exhausted his four cards, each shows and scores his cards in the following strict order. Non-dealer, dealer, and then the dealer's crib. The- what up? Dealer's crib. <laughs> okay. In the house. We're going to run that into in the the hizzy. That's That's good enough. The turn-up card is used by both players as a fifth card in their hands. Note that at any time, either during play or show, one player's score reaches or passes the point length, the game is over. No further scoring occurs. Now, there are some points of etiquette. Oh, good. (laughs) Let me get my monocle. (laughs) Etiquette matters in cribbage. There are not many roles, so novice players owe it to themselves to commit the following to memory. After playing a card, always announce the current card total. It's rude to do so otherwise. I mean, come on. Uh, Yeah. What what were you thinking? Similarly, announce what you're scoring as you play. 
table talk is not allowed in cribbage. This well, is, that's going to be gonna not be a good. going to be quiet episode. <laughs> so do not discuss or drop hints about the cards you hold, cards in the crib, points of strategy, etc. But we can still talk about Nicki Minaj if we want, right? Okay. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> if a player forgets to peg a score he is entitled to or simply doesn't add his points properly, once the next card is played, the opponent may declare muggins and take the unearned points as his own. Where do you think that term came from? Um, Middle Earth. A muckins upon you. <laughs> Sounds like Harry Potter speak. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know. We have a few tips. Yes. Uh, one of these tips is the person who wins is the first person to peg out, which means beyond the pegs on the cribbage board, not in the last hole. That's right. Because there's only 21, 120 holes in the board. Mm-hmm. A 10 card is most likely to be the up card. So try to gear your four cards towards that by saving any fives a hand that contains a five or two cards that sum up to five can never score zero i don't get that it's math do we have the calculator (sighs) math i think this is why i don't like these games scare me because counting surprisingly hard at my age well we have this handy dandy board (laughs) made circa 1712 to keep track for us so Try to never place a five or a pair in your opponent's crib. On the other hand, don't destroy your own good hand just to give your opponent a lousy crib. Experts suggest that throwing an offsuited king and ten to the opponent's crib will on average give up the fewest points. A pair of fives is by far the worst. When starting a round, it's best to begin with a three, a four, or even a two. Your opponent cannot reach 15 with any of those. That's a good tip. That makes sense. When counting the points on your cards, start off with 15s, then pairs or triplets, then runs, then four or five of the same suit. The highest hand you can have is 29 points. That's the magical number, apparently. It is impossible to have a hand worth 19 points. So if you hear a person counting their hand say 19, it's just a slang way of saying nothing. Zero. Zero. You lose. All right. Well, I'm ready to play this. I'm a little nervous about this math. Yeah. Yeah. Math. It's never a good thing here. Yeah. Let's kick this pig. I'm going to deal six cards. Five, eight, twenty-two, sixty-one. Hike. <laughs> All right, I'll cut. Jack. Jack. Oh wait, that means something, right? Oh, if the if a jack is turned up, um, and I'm the dealer, is it because is it the dealer that gets the point, or is it the person that turned up the card? I don't know. I need these rules. Oh, my goodness. Is that a Muggins? No. Is that a Bilbo Baggins? <laughs> yeah, it's his heels, and it's by the dealer that happens to turn up a jack. Right. And I cut, and you turned up a okay. jack, so I get a point. A point. Okay, I'm going to take your little stubby peg, and I'm putting it in the board. Mercy point. So we're going to put cards in the crib. You're not going to make an MTV Cribs joke? No, not right. Oh, okay. Save that for later. <laughs> Here is my cards for the crib. All right. There's mine. There's a king for 10 points. All right. It's a king for 20 points, and that's a pair, so I get two. So that's three of a kind. So how many points do I get for that? Uh, six? I believe so. Yes. What do you think about that? I think that's good. So that's, um, I'm going to say go, because I can't play 31. So then... You get a point for go. The interesting thing about the cribbage board that I don't think we mentioned is there's two. you have two pegs on the board. Mm-hmm. And so... Like, say, for example, Curtis started with one point, so we put a peg in the board. And then he got two points after that. So rather than moving that one, you use the second peg and put it where the current point is. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of play leapfrog with the the whole game. I didn't get that at first, but it makes sense. So the first first peg is where your current total is, and then the peg behind it is where you came from. Exactly. 
I think that's interesting. It is interesting. So that was a go. So we're going to start over. Okay. And who's the last one to play? It was you? Yes. So then it's my turn to start? Uh-huh. Right. So I'm going to start with seven. It's 17. Jack. Okay. So I have a pair. That's seven. Another seven for 24. And then I get... <laughs> go ahead. Doop. 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 <laughs> Thank you. And then... Uh, so I get uh, I get a point for having a pair. <laughs> My God, how is third grade these days, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find that so funny. Twenty-four. This game is so dirty. You get a point mm-hmm. for having a pair. In your mind. Pegging involved in the board. Mm-hmm. Savage love listeners will be familiar with that oh, term. Okay, twenty-four. Speaking of which, Savage Dan Savage likes cribbage, from what I hear. Okay, he plays it on his iPhone. Very good. Did you add points for oh. my pair? Oh, I mind charge if you're pegged. Well, I can't reach it. Oh, okay. How many points do you need? It's two for a pair, right? There you go. So that's what? That's, that's 34. That's 34. That's, that's too many. Oh, well, then I can't do anything. Right. So we're done with that one. So take your cards back. Okay. And then you start. Okay. 17. So I threw the last card, so I get a point. I'm the yellow one? Okay. Because yes. you wouldn't let me be green? Correct. Okay. So now we're going to go into the other, the show phase. Is it the show phase? I thought that was the show phase. Or is this the match phase? No, we were in the match beginning. Okay, so this is the show phase. Matching phases first. So what do we do? We put out all our cards, and then using this top card that we drew, the turn-up card, we make the best hands that we can. Oh. Okay. So there's two points, and there's six six points for a total of eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> six think, points. I have six for three. of. I have three sevens. But then, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. But then you now get to do now, yeah, the dealer's I, crib. I use the jack, and then I take the crib... What up? What's in your crib? So I have 15. So that's two points. Two points. And I think that's it. Yep. All right. So the score is currently I am ahead by a point. These, this board doesn't have any numbers, so I can't tell Well, it's you. in groups of five. So you're at... Uh, that's counting. 15 and I'm at 14. <laughs> I hope we're doing this right. Be sure to tune into our next podcast, Algebra with Curtis and Brian. Yes. Bring something fun to do. <laughs> I used to make fun of my math teacher in high school. Why would you do that? Because he was boring. <laughs> it was kind of a rhetorical <laughs> question anyway. His name is Mr. Breeze. Oh. And the reason I'm so bad at math is I've never paid attention in class. I would draw cartoons featuring the girl who sat next to me. Her name was Wendy. Uh-huh. So I drew Wonder Wendy cartoons. And she would battle the evil Dr. Breeze. Oh. And when she got married, I drew her a... Uh, cartoon for her wedding wonder when oh. wonder when he gets married oh and she told me she still has it and that was the end of that and he's dead now so sorry doc sorry mr breeze hey, dr breeze wherever you may be <laughs> you keep getting so many notifications for draw something on your phone let's talk about i almost that. wish that we had never brought it up because <laughs> i have like 50 games going on i can never keep up with them yeah it's the same for me as soon as i catch up i immediately start getting people that have played their turn i stayed up until like twelve thirty last night to finish them all because i figure well everyone's gonna be asleep so i can't <laughs> they can't answer me right away right right and then this morning i woke up and there were already like nine games waiting for me nice oh kind of torn here about what to uh get rid of all right so this is your crib this time my crib all right i'm good with that oh and then you cut and i'll turn up (laughs) juvenile cut (laughs) wow (laughs) you turned up a six and that will come in handy later okay you get to go first i'm gonna go first so i'm gonna start with 
Seven. Eleven. I put down a four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, ten for twenty or twenty-one, right? Thirty-one. Damn, I get points for that, right? You do. You get two. Yes. And we're done with that. I probably shouldn't have done that. Let's see, we're learning. We are. Okay, so who starts? You just I think put one you down. Do. Yeah. So I'm gonna put down five. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. You didn't announce it. Oh, I'm sorry. Fourteen. Nine. Muggins. Oh, I'm wait. putting nine down <laughs> for fourteen. There. That's. Didn't you listen to the part about etiquette? Yeah. Uh huh. I doubt it. King for twenty-four. Twenty-five. All right. So you get a point for playing the last card. I like the little scoreboard thing. Mm-hmm. It's I, handy. I, I don't know what exactly the score is yet, but I'm good enough knowing I'm winning. <laughs> okay. So I have two fifteens here and here. So that's four. And then I think that's all I have is just two 15s. Well, I have a 15 here. Mm-hmm. And then if I got these two, it's 15. Yeah. So that's four points. Yes. <clears throat> and then if I count these, it's another 15. That's also 15. So that's six. Six points. So let me move mine six real quick. And how many did you need to go forward? <laughs> I think four. I think that's all I could add. I'm trying to see if there's any other combinations here, but I don't think there is. Nope. Now I get to do the crib. Yes. So we're done with these. And I get an additional... You have a pair. I do. So that's there's two. two points. And then I think that's that's it. Yeah, I think yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't it. know if I'm seeing anything else. All right. So to recap the score, Brian's winning. I see. I see. Now it's your turn to deal. Hooray. What's new with you, Curtis? Oh, what's new with me? Hmm. Played any Call of Duty lately? <laughs> Duty. Yes, always. Are you playing with anyone new? Have you played anything with John from Secretly Timid yet? No, I haven't. John, what are you doing? Get on that. I don't think he plays Call of Duty. And I told him I was going to download that Gotham Imposters game. And I thought I had downloaded a demo, but apparently I didn't. So that's my that's I have my no fault. idea what that is. It's like Call of Duty, but it, it kind of centers around the, the Batman universe. There's like people uh, that dress up in Batman and Joker outfits and they run around killing each, other's, killing each other with... Uh, pink leopard spotted bazookas like adam west no caesar romero (laughs) yes the batman of your time brian (laughs) (laughs) oh snap oh snap indeed all right so am i cutting no you have to deal first (sighs) i always forget that but other than that yeah i've just been working a lot still second weekend off in a row woohoo be grateful you have a job i guess i'm happy (laughs) i have a job all right i'm cutting it's a three We'll get it to you later, Mr. Three. <laughs> There's my stuff for your crib. Okay, and I've discarded mine. So, non-dealer goes first, I believe. Eight. That is an eight. I uh, will play a nine for 17. She's only 17. Is that a song? No. What is it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a flashback. <laughs> She's only 17. Seventeen. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know who sings that. Why can't one of those hair bands? Yeah. Twenty-one. Thirty-one. Oh. Two for me. Shoot. There you go. Feel free to advance my peg anytime. Wanted green. I just <laughs> focused on the green. So you go now. Ace. One. Okay. Eleven. Seventeen. <laughs> Twenty-one. All right. <laughs> so I threw the last card, so I get another point. Hmm. I think I only have one case of 15 together. Yeah? Yeah, right there. Yeah. I don't think I have anything. Hmm. Yeah. So I get to move ahead, too. Nothing. And you get to do nothing. Nah, but I have a crib. You do? What's in your dealer's crib? No. 
Somebody prepared. I tried. So I get a pair, or one for a pair, and then I think that's it. Yeah. I didn't prepare very well. <laughs> Speaking of John from Secretly Timid, we know how he feels about mustaches. Oh, yeah. Last night, I used a new beard trimmer. Uh-oh. It works a little too well. I, I noticed. <laughs> I have a stash right now. I thought maybe you got a job as a porn actor. I did. In 1976. I got a job as a porn actor in 1976. Do you have a time machine, too? I do. <laughs> it's kind of weird having a mustache. I don't think I've ever had one. Give it a week. It'll be gone. <laughs> a week? The, the rest of the goatee will be grown back in. Oh, I see what you're saying. Turn that one up. Go. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you know how much I love that. <laughs> now do I give dealer's crib to you? Yeah, I'm the dealer. Dealer gets the crib. Okay. Ten. Awesome. <laughs> um, Twenty. One. Twenty-one. Do I get points for that? No, that's blackjack. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> that's craps. <laughs> Game are we playing? Um, 21, so 8 is 29. 31. Nice. You get points for that, though. Yes. Uh, there we go. All right. So you get to go first now. 7. Whatever. Six. 13. <laughs> okay, sorry. 17. She's only 17. Oh, boy. So I get a point for playing the last card. And now we do our... Wow. <laughs> Fifteen. That's two. I don't think I can do anything else. I can do a few things here. So here's fifteen. Eight and seven is fifteen. So that's four. Okay. Um, I think that's it. All right. Well, so I got four. What's in your dealer's crib? Crap. Fifteen. Fifteen. Um, Fifteen. We have three fifteens? Yeah. Don't I? No. Wait, fifteen. Fifteen. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, and I keep forgetting about this jack. I don't think it's anything. If this was a jack of spades, I would have gotten an extra point. But right. It doesn't match the turn up card. So So that's four more. All right, to recap the score. Brain right. is meaning. <laughs> so your life has been all consumed by draw something. Have you had time to play much of anything else? Well, I've been ignoring Draw Something and playing that Fairway Solitaire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice little song. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. All right. I went and saw a movie Friday. What did you see? Being Flynn. Um, is that the one with Robert De Niro? And Paul Dano. I don't know who that is. He was in Little Miss Sunshine. He's the one who never talked. Oh, okay. He looks better now. He looked kind of creepy back then. Well, he was a kid, right? Yeah. Well, he's still kind of a kid. But um, it was good. It, uh, it had to do with, like, the homeless, and uh, I went with a friend of mine who had worked, like, with the homeless before, and I have too, and so we were, we, it was a pretty realistic depiction of, like, homeless shelters and stuff. Mm -hmm. so, it's, it has nothing to do with Tron? No. Because the guy in Tron was named Flynn, so. I don't remember that. I didn't think he would. <laughs> <laughs> right. Trying to decide what garbage to give you. <laughs> Oh, may not be garbage. I know. Dang it. I don't want to get rid of anything. <laughs> you have to. I know. I will start with a jack for 10. Oh, you get 10 points? Do you get anything? For no, I'm not saying I get 10 points. I'm saying the count oh. is at 10. <laughs> 20. 30. One. One. All right. You get two. Go team Brian. <laughs> uh, king. That's 20. 25. 28. All right. I put the last card down so you I do. get through. So I get two points here for this pair of jacks. Uh-huh. You do. 
What do you have? You also get... Oh, I get the You have two more 15s. I have two more 15s. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Look how helpful I'm being. Thank you, Curtis. You're welcome. How many 15s do you have? I have three. Okay. 15, 15, 15. So that's six. There you go. And I think that's it. Okay. Let's see what's in my dealer's crib. <laughs> Please stop saying it like that. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. Okay, so I get two for this pair. Uh-huh. And then... I get 15 and 15, mm -hmm. and then 15 and 15. Yep. So how many is that? That's eight. like eight. Because you have 15 four times and a pair, so that's 10, right? I just won! <laughs> I'm off the board. All right. I suppose it was your game. That's you. <laughs> Thank you for the Joker card. You're welcome. So what do you think about Cribbage? I'm liking this. Um, I definitely want to play it again. But I need to like learn more about like whose turn it is to go in and in any practice remembering like like our last hand we had jacks in the hand and we didn't count yeah. for. I can never remember that. So this is one of those games that I think is simple enough to learn, but has so many rules and scoring things in it that it makes it intimidating. Because when we were looking for information on it. There, nobody listed the rules the same way twice. They were all listed out differently, and mm -hmm. it was just kind of confusing. And we eventually went with a book that I have. Um, what is it called? It's, it's called The Ultimate Book of Card Games, The Comprehensive Guide to More Than 350 Games. Yes, and we've used this book a lot on the show when we played card games like Gin Rummy and things mm -hmm. like that. And I understood it the best. Yeah. But I do now see, and at first I was kind of like, eh, I don't get it, but I get it now. And yeah. I, I think after playing it a few times, I think it's one of those games that's easier when somebody teaches you how to play it. Yeah, definitely. And I, I kind of picked it up pretty quickly just from reading the rules and we watched a couple of videos online. We played some iPhone apps. We played some iPhone apps <laughs> that helped, uh, that did the scoring automatically so we could kind of see what was going on, why the score that was given was given. So. Right. It, it started to make sense. It's just like, like that Jack thing i can never remember it we you just, don't you don't know jack i don't know jack so i need more practice but i'm i like this game i definitely like this game so before we go we want to thank somebody who left us a review on itunes this week we love reviews we do thank you it was left by someone's itunes id as nd lando okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's lando calrissian <laughs> Is that how you say his like name? A, that sounded like it hurt to say. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know. I, I, I never thought of him by his name. I thought of him as Billy D. Williams. Is that that Luke Starwalker <laughs> guy? <laughs> and what does the review say? Um, that we're brilliant. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> and we really appreciate that. Yeah. So if you guys want to leave us an iTunes review, we will certainly appreciate that very much. We'll give you a shout out on the show. Absolutely. Also, before we go, we want to thank Jordan one more time. It was really cool of him to come on and talk to us about cribbage and its interesting history and all the little nuances, the nuggets, <laughs> the, the weird, bizarre nuggets of it. Cribbage nuggets. <laughs> so be sure to check out his blog, cribbageland.com. And we'll keep you updated on his book and let you know when it's uh, published. That's it for this episode of Game Night Guys. Links, show notes, and photos of the games we play can be found on our website, GameNightGuys.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at GameNightGuys.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 480-648-GAME. That's 480-648-4263. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Game Night Guys. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Cheap Blue Guitar. 
And I'm at Cecil Jean. Join us on Facebook and tell us about your game nights at facebook.com slash game night guys. Thanks for listening. As always, you're invited to our next game night. It's your move. Bye. Goodbye. Alternatively, if no pairs, alternatively, I can't say this word. <laughs> Just skip it. Also, if no pairs. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> BT dubs. No. If, if no pairs. <laughs> BT, I hate that. <laughs> I know. That's why I like doing it.